And that took a lot for me to figure out because a lot of the folks, like I mentioned in the beginning, around me were just these experts and they were just like, oh my gosh, I love people. And granted, <laughs> I love people too. But at some point, I feel like I still, I always had this kind of like, well, I don't want to just kind of roll up on somebody. <laughs> I kind of want to, you know, kind of feel them out. I get to know them a little bit and, um, you know, kind of find my way that way. And that's that's really been kind of my happy place when it came for me building my business, because I know, I mean, introverts are outgoing with people they know. They love to talk about their product or service. It's just the cold outreach that they really struggle with. So and my, from my vantage point, what I figured out that really works and I felt like was the perfect icebreaker were surveys because surveys, and for me, helped me feel real. They helped me feel authentic and they build genuine connection with people that translates into sales. So I'm kind of pre-qualifying the folks before I'm, I'm, I even start talking to them about what I have to offer them. And based on how they answer the question, I can say, oh yeah, she's my person. So I can continue to talk right. to her or no, she's not my person. I won't even say anything to her about it. So yeah, that was more, that really helped me with my filter and with the lead generation. What if the truth came in a gel cap and we could just pop it in our mouths and forget about it? Well, it doesn't and we can't, but we can laugh in the face of reality while plotting our survival. Welcome to the Truth Tastes Funny podcast. I am your host, Hirsch Repun, and if my guests can handle the truth, so can you. Open wide, folks. Here it comes. My guest today is Inga Fay, an authenticity strategist who also specializes in helping people who are introverted or have introverted tendencies. And uh, and that's one of the things that we'll talk about today. But uh, it's a perfect fit for Truth Tastes Funny because, man, if uh, if there's anything funnier than trying to communicate with other human beings, I don't know what it what it is. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and to communicate honestly. Inga yes. Faye. Inga, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me, Hirsch. Excited to be here with you today. My pleasure to have you. And uh, And I would like to kick this off with your take on introverted tendencies and what where where your interest in that comes from and uh, and how you how you view it okay sure so my name is inga facing cabot but i go by inga fay and i have been building a direct sales business for over 19 years and my introverted tendencies or really me being an introvert was really highlighted when I started my business because I was around all of these extroverts that were telling me how to build my business. And I felt like I had to be something that I wasn't. And I didn't like that because it took a lot of energy to do that. So before I go into more about that story, I, I know one thing you wanted me to talk about is being an introvert or having introvert tendencies. Now, the, the amazing thing is that when I first decided that I was going to serve uh, this niche, it became very apparent to me that most people don't like to be called introverted for whatever reason. I think it has a bad connotation to it. So when with me working through with my coach, trying to figure out how I was going to brand what I wanted to offer, I quickly realized when I started talking to um, 
my target market, that introvert is not what they want to be called. Right. They want, they would rather be a person with introverted tendencies. And in my world, I'm thinking it's the same thing, but Hey, whatever works for them, I'm going to call them the, what they want to be called. So that is where it came from. And that's why I really focus on that. So as a fellow introvert that was wanting to build a top earner business, I have been in uh, the same company for many years, and we have always been taught that it's good to it's good to copycat, but you got to copy the right cat. <laughs> <laughs> well said, yeah. So I wanted to copy people that were successful, highly successful, and like I had mentioned in the beginning, these seem to be introverted folks. So it would take everything in me to muster up to talk to people because I wasn't that person. I'm a mechanical engineer by training, very much to myself, didn't really talk to people that I didn't know. Now, if I know you and I kind of felt like I could be the true Inga with you, then I would I would hang out and kind of act silly and do that kind of thing. But it was really kind of a had to get to know you to feel like if I could really let the real Inga come out. And I think that's a, that's the common tendency when it comes to introvert. They're outgoing. They're just outgoing with people that they know, <laughs> not Ooh, with yeah. strangers. And I think that's a, a key um, dif- differentiator when it comes to talking to someone that's an introvert or has introverted tendencies. So In the beginning, I would have to muster up all of this energy to just talk to someone that I didn't know, didn't know, because at the beginning, you know, they were typically telling us to talk to folks in our inner circle, which was easy because I knew those folks. But as you continue to grow your business, you had to start talking to folks that you didn't know. So it became very apparent that I had to talk to folks that I didn't know, but I really wasn't that person that would just you know, meet, wouldn't meet a stranger because that wasn't, at, that was not me at the time. So I would go through, I had these little stages I would go through. The first stage was, you know, I see somebody and I would just smile at them. Yeah. Okay. I smiled. That was easy. Okay. So then next time, if I, I would do it, I would smile at them and then say, hi, how you doing? <laughs> Again, it's stages, right. the little, it's the little wins that what baby steps. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's that what's count. So after I did that, then I would say I would be able to speak to him. And then I would say, my name is Inga. What is your name? So as I gradually was able to talk to folks, I got to the point that I pretty much didn't meet a stranger. I could pretty much talk to anyone if they had on some cute shoes, particularly <laughs> animal print, because I'm all about shoes, very much a shoe fanatic. Um, if they had a cute kid, because I'm a mom, so that was really easy to kind of relate to another mom. And then if they had a cute outfit or a cute haircut. So if they had anything like that, I could give a genuine compliment. And then from that point on, be able to somehow, some way, based on what they're wearing or who they're with, I could strike up a conversation and get things going. But it took me so long to do that. And when I came home, I was exhausted. And that is another common trait of an introvert that they get their energy by being by themselves. And that's pretty much what I wanted to do when I got home is I just wanted to be by myself in my happy place, trying to restore and rejuvenate myself for the next time that I had to go out and do this. So, um, yeah, yeah, those are those are typically some things that I've, I've learned in dealing with other introverts. And as an introvert, I've experienced myself. Yeah. And you can, when you, when, when speaking with people who have in introverted tendencies, you could also just simply refer to them as fellow introverts because 
you know, they'll know automatically that uh, that it's coming from someone who understands that. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I was thinking I was thinking it, that how how challenging it is to pursue conversations with other introverts. It would be, even be difficult if you were an extrovert and you're pursuing conversations with with people who are introverts. But then it's like it's like an impossible task in many in many ways but i think the the secret is what you're able to do which is to not make them strangers right to to get comfortable with them because it's they're 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 only willing to to talk to people they feel comfortable with it's not that they cannot communicate under any circumstances and you know and like i was telling you before the interview i often am kind of unsure, you know, am I myself introverted in certain situations? Right. You know, I I don't like to walk into a, a party or a room uh, and be the center of attention, nor right. do I, nor do I feel completely comfortable being in that room and having people not know who I am. Right. So if I were, if I were the speaker, the keynote speaker or introducing the speaker or something like that, mm-hmm. that takes a whole lot of pressure off of me in a way because I don't have to introduce myself. Oh, okay. That's okay. my, Makes that's sense. the hardest thing. What do you find is the, is the hardest thing for someone who has introverted tendencies to, uh, to combat? What's the number one, uh, you know, challenge? I think it's meeting people they don't know is the number one challenge. Although I have had people tell me that it's video. I mean, like what we're doing right now, they, I think it's more of a confidence kind of thing mm-hmm. because I, I can remember when I first started doing video, I was very nervous because I wasn't sure of what I was saying. I thought I was looking silly, that kind of thing. But I think it's, it's, it comes with practice kind of similar to you working out, um, that you're building that confidence muscle and that the more that you do it, the easier that it becomes. Because yeah. when I think about video, it made it easy. It was hard for me initially. And I know all the stuff I had to mentally go through to force yeah. myself to do it. But after I did it, it was just like, well, you know, that wasn't that bad. <laughs> so right. it was like, right. After that, I was like, okay, what I'm going to do now is I'm not going to start from ground zero. I'm just going to have to keep doing it. Because if I stop doing it, then I'm going to have to rebuild myself up all over again because I haven't done it. And I didn't want to have to do that again. So in my experience, I feel like talking to people that you don't know. And that's why I was telling you about my little, my step-by-step process that I went through. I think people have to do that. And then if they, like I just mentioned about keep doing it, so they don't have to start from ground zero again, because if they stop doing it, it's, it's literally you have to start all over again to build yourself back up to that point. So I would say talking to people and and probably doing video would be the top two from what I hear. Yeah, it makes my folks. It makes perfect sense that the repetition makes things easier with yeah. podcasting. It's yep. like, you know, if if I have three, four, five interviews in a week or more. Mm-hmm you know, I'm in that mode already. So it's not, it's not going to be like disruptive to me. Right. That's why I, 
if I block something, I block a whole day. I don't just block, right. you know, I don't block just just the two hours that I'm doing something. Yeah. I tend to block off full days because I'm like, I'm not going to have the wherewithal to get in and out of that, of right. that zone. Right. So, yep. you know, I'd rather have have it have it be two full days of interviews and then right. a couple days of no interviews. Yeah. And, and um you know, but I also don't love calling people on the phone. How are you uh, on the phone, you know, when it's not video, when it's just calling people on the phone or, but you have to make the outreach. Right. Well, I can tell you, and I don't, I don't like the phone. Yeah, me. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm perfectly honest. I don't like the phone, um, but I do it. I do do it. I normally text first just to see if the person is available. Right. Um, because I guess my biggest thing with the phone is calling them at an inopportune time. If the text, if I if I text them and say, hey, can you talk for a minute? And they say, yeah, then it's going to be an easier conversation than me just calling them out of the clear blue sky, not knowing if they, I'm catching them in the middle of something or not. So right. I do find that a text is it just having a, a text beforehand does help. Yeah, for sure. That's a good strategy. Yeah, that's a good strategy. Uh, well, okay, so there are obviously plenty of people who are who are introverted, plenty of people who are extroverted. It's a personality type. There's a lot of different types and people. What uh, what spurred you on to make this part of your uh, professional pursuit, and uh, and what what led to your work as an authenticity coach in particular? Well, I guess initially it was just my me building my business and I felt like I wasn't being my authentic self. I felt like mm. I was spending a lot of energy doing something that really didn't resonate with me. And I really wanted to do things that really were true to me in building my business and then help others similar to me not have the trials and tribulations that I went through to kind of figure this thing out. So like I was mentioning the text thing, that was something that I, that was kind of trial and error because I knew I don't like getting on the phone, especially if I don't know what the, the people are doing. I know people got all kinds of stuff going on, whether it be their job, family activities, or even just, you know, self-care for them. And I, I always I always felt like I was bothering somebody when I was calling them. Um, unless, like I said, it was somebody that I knew and they were like, yeah, girl, you know, I knew they kind of knew their schedule. So it was like, oh, I'm gonna call Susie Q now because I know she's already got the kids down and she's she's kind of in her, you know, I'm chilling time frame and I'm going to call her then. Um, so right. just kind of just figuring that kind of thing out. And that took a lot for me to figure out because a lot of the folks, like I mentioned in the beginning, around me were just these experts and they were just like, oh my gosh, I love people. And granted, <laughs> I love people too. But at some point I feel like I still, I always had this kind of like, well, I don't want to just kind of roll up on somebody. <laughs> I kind of right. want to, you know, kind of feel them out. I get to know them a little bit and, um, you know, kind of find my way that way. And that's that's really been kind of my happy place when it came for me building my business, because I know, I mean, introverts are outgoing with people they know. They love to talk about their product or service. It's just the cold outreach that they really struggle with. So 
And my, from my vantage point, what I figured out that really works and I felt like was the perfect icebreaker were surveys because surveys, and for me, helped me feel real. They helped me feel authentic and they build genuine connection with people that translates into sales. So I'm kind of pre-qualifying the folks before I'm, I'm, I even start talking to them about what I have to offer them. And based on how they answer the question, I can say, oh yeah, she's my person. So I can continue to talk right. to her or no, she's not my person. I won't even say anything to her about it. So yeah, that was more, that really helped me with my filter and with the lead generation. Yeah. And that's preparation. You know, it's like anything, uh, same thing with an interview. Oh yeah. You know, exactly. who you're talking to, yep. and, you know, uh, uh, I've heard people talk about interviews where the subject seemed to be very unhappy to be there, but as soon as they brought as soon as the interviewer brought up a subject that lit up the subject, the, the person who was being interviewed, they just came alive seemed, because it right. wasn't it wasn't that they were in a good mood or didn't want to be there. It was that they didn't know if if they should be there. Like exactly. they don't once they hear a question that really resonates with them. Right. Then they're like, oh, yeah, I can talk about this all day. All day. Exactly. You know, <laughs> but they don't want to talk about, you know, uh, you know, the 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 weather or, or, you know, what their favorite color is or their food. They don't they're not they're not interested in that. They're interested right. in a certain a certain thing. Exactly. And often a certain outcome. And so, uh, you know, it's worth, you know, exploring why we, why so many of us are interested in interviewing other people and asking them, you know, questions about themselves. We, we you know, what, what uh, have you, have you studied this at all, like human nature and, and, uh, you know, what drives people and what, what, what's behind our fears and, and wants? Well, I think it really, when it comes down to it, I think people want to feel seen, they want to feel heard, and they want to feel understood. So to me, from my vantage point, if I start asking people questions, I'm showing a genuine interest in them. And right. I don't have this philosophy that everybody is my potential customer, that oftentimes people are taught. Um, when you have a survey or you start talking to people and finding out what their wants really are, so that you can serve them to help them reach whatever their desired goal is, not just assume that your product or your service is for you, is for them. Right. I have a, um, I call it my A game is what I call it when it comes to just interacting with people in general, that you want to ask people what they want instead of assume that you have what they need. Mm -hmm. You want to assist people to reach their desired outcome instead of annoy them with your, all of your product and service, especially if they're not your person. And then last, but definitely not least, you want to attract people to you more so than attack them with all the propaganda and, you know, salesy stuff that often people get, you know, as soon as we go on the Facebook or Instagram, if we go on the website, then they start sending us all these ads about XYZ because they figured out that's what we wanted because we just looked at that. But just being able to really hone in and connect with people, because I think co the connection is really what people want, a genuine connection, not to be sold. People want to yeah. buy, but not to be sold. Right. Very well said. Nobody, nobody wants to be sold. It's like, it's like the 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 misconception on the part of a salesperson would be that what this person wants is to be sold. What right. they want is the solution to whatever exactly. their problem, problem is. Problem is, that's right. But but they don't, they're not they the best salespeople don't even 
really don't even sell a product. They sell a solution. Right. They sell a solution to a problem. Exactly. And the pro and a problem isn't even necessarily a bad thing. A problem right. is the word we use to describe something that needs to be solved. Exactly. It's like it's not it's not I'm a you know I'm a disaster fixer. It's I'm not I'm not coming to to solve, fix a disaster. I'm coming to address a need, something you want to do. And you know and and that's the other thing is like just just we can make each other's day a lot better without selling anything i i i uh, i guess i guess in you know in in some cases we're we're people pleasers somebody mm -hmm. wants to to be a be everything to everybody and you can't you, you can't, can't do, that. do that no matter how nice or well-meaning you are exactly. uh you know so if you can't solve their problem if there's nothing in it for you business wise you know be a resource just be useful useful to the other person and be exactly be useful to humanity. Um, now I had the pleasure of, of being on your show. Uh, what, uh, cause that's again, another step toward putting yourself out there yeah. and saying, I'm going to, I'm going to, not only am I going to go and do shows and be on shows, not only am I going to reach out to people, I'm going to put myself out as a host of a show. What prompted that? Well, I uh, I took this course uh, probably about two years ago, and one of the things that they had recommended that we do is to create a summit where you're talking to other folks um, in their you know uh, area of expertise, and you would just interview them and talk to them about you know why they do what they do, any guidelines or tips or tricks that they had learned along the way and just share it with uh, your audience. And that's mm -hmm. essentially what I did. And I can remember my first interview was with um, a direct sales guru. I think he had been in the business for 50 years. Probably. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he, I had talked to him, I'll just say today is Tuesday. So I talked to him on Tuesday. And I think my first interview availability was the next day. And he was just, oh, okay, I can do it tomorrow. <laughs> just like, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> tomorrow are you serious so it was <laughs> it was a lot of uh I had to I, I definitely had to talk myself into that uh when it came in but it was one of those things that it wasn't that bad you know I was asking him questions and he was right. giving all these immense value to the folks that uh that were a part of my community at that time and it was a good interview and you know once I did that one it was just like <laughs> I got this. This is right. cake. Why not just talk to people? Like basically, I'm like I'm having a conversation with them on the phone or just via Zoom, just to get right. to know them. And essentially, that's all it is. So that's how it started. So as, yeah. as that as a result of that experience, I decided I wanted to continue to provide that value and serve my tribe in that way. Yeah, and um, and so where where are things at now as far as how? How how long have you been doing this, and how has it changed your life outside of the work? Oh, I've I've been doing this. Okay, this is two thousand three. I've been doing this for about three years now. Um, I guess I really kind of started this journey back right before COVID. Um, I had gotten laid off from my engineering job and really wanted to figure out this entrepreneur thing. Um, I had been doing it on a part time basis and really decided that I was going to do it full fledged. And that's, I guess that's when it all, that's when the magic happened, um, when I when I took that leap of faith. So since then, I've, I mean, it's been a great 
confidence booster for me because I can pretty much talk to anybody now when it comes to just interacting with them with those same tools that I was just mentioning, finding that commonality with folks. And then based on that commonality, just having a regular conversation, treating people like people and not numbers is one of my slogans. So just really connecting with people and building those relationships. Um, and that's what's really been of great value to me. And that's why the survey thing was just so, I guess it was just, it, it ignited the whole thing because it was just like, wow, this survey is really going to help me find my people. So I can yeah. really try, try to, I'm going to talk to people that really want what I have. There's no more convincing people that whatever I provide is great because these people already know it's great. So that's that energy. I don't even have to waste that energy trying to do that. And then I'm able to really build uh, relationships um, with those folks. And even if they're not my, uh, if they're not interested in what I have to offer, I see them as an access point. And I'm not all about this ambition because initially I was all about this ambition. Okay, if they don't want what I have, then I'm not going to talk to them anymore. But really to to see them as an access and an access way to meet more people because just because they don't want what they have, they could have a whole group of their inner circle that could want what I have. But because I didn't build that relationship, I won't really be able to interact with those folks as a result of that. So I guess that's that's really kind of how all of this evolved. Um, yeah. And I've, I've really enjoyed it as a result of just doing things that resonate with me. Yeah. And it's and and, you know, we're all at a point now where. I think more than anything, you know, we're we're shedding some of the conditioning about what we want or are mm. expected to want or what's quote unquote normal, quote unquote typical uh, with the instability in the world, I think comes a little bit of freedom. Yeah. It's a weird thing because we some of us flock to the the norms that make us feel comfortable, but if they're taken away, if some of those some of those uh, uh, guardrails are taken away, we're left with what our instincts are, right? right? So, um, so a lot of what we do now, I think, is it instinctual. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things I like to to uh, to have guests do as we kind of wrap things up and kind of bring it bring it to a to a little bit of a of a close and put a bow on it is if we could if you could look at at your uh yourself as a child and uh you know say something of value like be an influence to yourself be a mentor to yourself what would what would that be i guess the big thing i would say is to step out of your comfort zone i think Step out of your comfort zone and not be afraid to fail is what I would say, because I know as I'm, I'm the oldest of three children, the only girl. And um, when it came to, in my family, when it came to being raised, I felt like I had a different different set of standards when it came to my brothers when it, and, and me. So there were often times when I felt like I had to toe the line when they necessarily didn't. I didn't feel like they maybe they maybe they did. But in my eyes, I never felt like they did. Yeah. Um, and I felt as a result of that, I was afraid to fail because I felt like I had to make sure that everything was right because I was the oldest and I had these 
my I have twin brothers and the, my two brothers oh, were wow. watching everything that I was doing. So if I, for whatever reason, was to fail, then I felt like I would be leading them to fail because because right. I'm the oldest. So as a result of that, it it being able to fail and being okay with it and really truly truly understanding that failure is is feedback was a big thing for me because if I failed it, there were times in my earlier years that that would, that would shut me down for a week <laughs> Yeah, um, because it bothered me so much that I failed. But I, as I have stepped out on faith and really taken this entrepreneur journey, it's really become very apparent to me is that my failure is going to actually help me get to my success faster. And the faster that I do it, the quicker that I'll get there. And I never had that mentality before. And for me to be okay with failing, I have to be outside of my comfort zone because if I'm within my comfort zone, I kind of know what I'm going to do and 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 make these decisions based on past experience. But I'm sure you can speak to this as well as an entrepreneur. You you do things that you're not sure about. I mean, yeah. You, you kind of go with your gut. Yeah. And you pray that your gut is right, and sometimes it's not, and you have to learn from the experience. And then build on that and, and really, truly understand that it's better to fail than to stay in a comfort zone and, and not, you know, expand yourself to something new and improved. Yeah. The only thing I would add to that is that um, if we if we do it right, if we take the attitude that we're going to go, we're going to go for it. We're right. not going to try something halfway. Right. We're going to really, really, really try it. All because in. it may it may it may not work but if we if it doesn't work because it wasn't going to work and it isn't meant to work we can't really feel badly about it right but if but if it doesn't work because we just didn't quite do it do it all the way or do yeah. it right um you know we're gonna kick ourselves for forever oh, yeah. I, i'm you with know? you on that for sure for sure, for sure. <laughs> so what's the next big challenge for for you inga my next big challenge um, I am actively growing my uh, coaching business right now and really just wanting to serve as many introverts as I possibly can um, to help them grow their business. So I've been successful in my direct sales business. So I want to be able to pass that success on to others that are in different businesses than me and really be able to help them walk out their dream that is really authentic to who they truly are. So I guess that would be the next big thing. I think uh, the first, the next thousand people that I could help do that, I think I would, that would just be a milestone for me for sure. So I'm I'm really working to get my tribe up to a thousand people that I have served and help them reach their desired outcome. I'm just going to stop. Thanks so much for tuning into Truth Tastes Funny. If you enjoyed the experience, please leave a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. 